and gentlemen, live from coast of the Carolinas by way of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This is the moment sports betting fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Introducing the Fistful of Cash Podcast! What is going on, guys? We are back. This is the newest. If you're listening to this, this is the newest edition of the Fistful of Cash Podcast. In case you forgot, because it's been a minute, I'm your host, Dale Lippin, in here always with the co-host of the co-host, co-hostess of the mostest, Soup. What's up, man? Nothing. Uh, I'm back from, it's like a two-week hiatus for me. I missed last Thursdays. We didn't record for the Tuesday touchback this week. Uh, holiday season's over. Um, you know, well-rested and ready to go. We got divisional rounds this weekend. Uh, we got some housekeeping stuff to touch on. Uh, we got to talk a little with Lamar Jackson, Tim Tebow. So we, we got we got a lot to talk about tonight. All right, well, let's get the uh, let's get the nitty gritty out of the way first, guys. We are next week going to be rolling out two new items. Um, next week we will be rolling out a website. In addition to, we will be reformatting the Tuesday Touchback episode. We have sort of made a conscious effort to keep the show from being a de- a debate style show. We we try to keep it informative. We try to give it uh, opinions without really going over the top and being super hot takey for the sake of being hot takey. But we are going to reformat the Tuesday show to a more open dialogue about various debates, questions, quandaries, and things of that nature that sports or betting or current event related. Now, why that's important, if that's important to you, is that we are opening up the floodgates for topic ideas. What sports debate have you always wanted settled? What one do you have with your buddy that you guys constantly go back and forth with and you're looking for fresh perspective? We want you to go ahead and email that to us, fistfulofcashpodcast at gmail.com, and we will be including those questions in each and every episode of the Tuesday Touchback. We'll try to get to them as, me- as many of them as we can. So that's sort of going to be... Uh, along with a brief recap of weekend performances, we will be adding that to the uh, docket, if you will, in addition to the website, which I can't talk about just yet. It's still in the works, and we will have more information for you guys on Tuesday about that. Looking to launch into the package uh, market for the end of college basketball uh, and the start of baseball and playoff hockey and everything else that's coming up here pretty quick. We're, we we want to get everything set up and ready to go for that. So as far as housekeeping stuff, Soup, I think that's it, man. Yeah. You guys are going to want to tune into the Tuesday episodes. I can almost guarantee, regardless of the topic that you, uh, you, you give to us, I'd say probably 75% of those topics, we're going to have different point of views. Um, we're, I mean, we're from different, you know, you're, you're what, six, seven years older than I am. We have different views on a lot of stuff, especially when it comes to sports. Um, it'll be good. I'm excited for it. Uh, the ability to, you know, let loose and dig into this, 
you know, giant vat of what my wife likes to call useless, useless knowledge. And, uh, you know, just spit some facts and, uh, put you in your place. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> you know what, let's, let's go ahead. You've been chomping at the bit all weekend about this. Lamar Jackson, Tim Tebow. Um, I mean, you already know my stance on this, but I'd like to hear what you have to say. All right. So for those of you who don't know Dale's oh, stance okay. on this, okay. um, a, you know, we posted on our Instagram, someone posted on our Instagram, the <laughs> uh, <clears throat> whole meme of change my mind. Um, and it was, you know, Tim Tebow is better than Lamar Jackson. Change my mind. This is so unbelievably just demeaning to Lamar Jackson to say that Tim Tebow is better than him. He is. No. He, All right, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Your point. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. My bad. I'm just, uh, I'll read you the numbers first, and then we'll just get into the actual gameplay itself. Tim Tebow started 14 games. He went 8-6 and six with a 48% completion percentage. 17 touchdowns and nine interceptions. So his touchdown interception ratio, or it, yeah, it's less than, it's less than two. It's like a 1.9 for 2,400 yards. So it was like 2,405. So we'll get a 2,400. Why do you got to round it he, down? Why can't you go 2,410? Okay. 989 rushing yards in 14 games. Okay. Lamar Jackson in his seven regular season starts, because those were Tim Tebow's regular season starts, six and one compared to eight and six, check Lamar Jackson, 58% compared to 48% completion percentage, check Lamar Jackson. He only let him throw the ball twice. All he had to do was complete one pass. Check Lamar Jackson. He only had to throw the ball twice. All he had to do was complete one pass. Go ahead. Touchdown to interception ratio. 2.0, six touchdowns, three interceptions. Because they don't let him throw check, the ball. Check Lamar Jackson. Because they don't let him throw the ball. 1,200 yards and seven starts. So Tebow's got 2,400. Or, um, yeah, yes, 2,400 on the ground. I'm sorry, 2,400 through the air. Lamar Jackson has 1,200 through the air. So he's right on pace to match Tebow with the yards. Okay. So that's even. That's a wash. Tim Tebow, 989 yards on the ground. Lamar Jackson, in half the starts, 700. Because they don't let him throw the ball. If he's not throwing the ball, how is he averaging the same amount of yards per game? Because Through the air. Through the air. Okay. How? I'm waiting. I mean, if they don't let him throw the ball, but he has the same amount of passing yards as Tim Tebow. But he doesn't. That shows. He doesn't, though. He's per game. Yes, he does. He's played half the games. So that's not an accurate representation. Yes, it is. It's yards per game. No. no they no, are no. identical. If they're not letting him throw the ball, but he can average just as many yards through the air as Tim Tebow, who they let throw the ball, doesn't that say something about Tim Tebow? That he's only as good as a guy who they don't trust to throw the ball? No. That means that he had to accomplish more with lesser uh, wide receivers. They let they Bro, trust he had Lamar to, he, to throw because he he's got people he to throw had, to. Willie Sneed, Michael Crabtree, John yep. Brown. Are you John kidding? Brown's a stud. Crabtree's a stud. Yeah. Willie Sneed right. is not. Stud. But the other stud. two are. 
They are. Who's Demarius? Who's Demarius Thomas? He, he wasn't, wasn't good back stud. then. He wasn't good back well, then. He was in his. He was in his prime. That's debatable. Oh my god. Oh. Anyway, this is the carry, Tuesday. This is the Tuesday show. <laughs> carry on. Go ahead with your point. Okay. I, I'm going to give you another quarterback. I'm just going to. I'm going to run you down the stats. In his first seven starts, this is a this is a dual threat, more mobile than passing quarterback. First seven starts, he went three and four. He was a 48% completion percentage. He had five touchdowns to three interceptions. He only threw for 900 yards, which is 300 less than Lamar Jackson. And he only ran for 325, which is, what, 375 less than Lamar Jackson. Can you name that quarterback? Is that Aaron Rodgers? Michael Vick. Oh, Vic sucks Michael, too. Vic sucks too. Bro, who's the all-time leading rusher for quarterbacks? Michael Vick. Okay. Who is who was the most electric player when he was in the NFL? No. Michael Vick. That's not a measurable stat. That's not a measurable stat. You don't you're blind to stats because all Lamar Jackson's stats are better than Tim Tebow's, yet Tim Tebow, what, does he have the intangibles? Over Lamar Jackson, is that what it is? No, he's just a is better. Tim Tebow's better. He's just a better football player. He's just a better football player. No, Tim Tebow was a very good college quarterback and was a below average, below average NFL quarterback. Okay. He was a glorified fullback that wanted to play quarterback. Okay. So Lamar Jackson was very good in college, correct? Yes. Okay. Now. Would you say that he's in the top 50% of quarterbacks in the league? No, I would not. But I think average. he is better there than Tim Tebow. Okay, yes. so if good but college quarterback. Is, we're going low average. Going, Got it. Just want to make sure we're on the We're same. going Tebow, Tebow versus Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback than Tim Tebow. I'm telling you right now, you give me Tim Tebow and a squad of guys. You take Lamar Jackson a squad. Dude, I'm taking Tim Tebow all day long. That dude knows how to win. He's a winner. He is a winner. He's a he, super athlete. He was eight and six. He is not. Oh my! If you want a winner, you're going to take the guy that came in and yeah. won six out of his first seven starts to lead Baltimore to the playoffs. What's he doing right because now? Because with Joe, he's sitting at with home. Joe Flacco, he's sitting at home. And Ben Roethlisberger is sitting at home, and Aaron Rodgers is sitting at home. Right. What's your point? So is Tim Tebow. Because Tim Tebow's not in the league because he's shit. He's buns. That's that's what I'm saying. He should be in the league. He should be. No, he should not. No, no he shouldn't. There's not a there is not a starting quarterback in the NFL that Tim Tebow should start over. That, whether he's whether he's starting or not, there, the the point is the point I try to make is is that Tebow and Kaepernick could both still be in the league. And there's a bunch Cap, yes. there's a bunch of dudes. Namely, white dudes. There's a bunch of bummy ass white dudes taking roster spots that both Tebow and Cap could fill. That's that's mm. my point. I don't think Tim Tebow, Kaepernick. I agree with. Cap is held out of the NFL due to his his beliefs and his political views, and that's wrong because Kaepernick was a very good winning quarterback when he was in the NFL. He did nothing but great things in San Francisco. Tim Tebow, on the other hand, won one playoff game 
with his, you know, 70, well, his eight yard pass to Demarius Thomas that he broke for a 75 yard touchdown in overtime against the Steelers. Outside of that, Tim Tebow did nothing spectacular. He, he went eight and six in his 14 starts, which is not good. That's not going to get you in the playoffs. Tim Tebow should not be in the NFL. Kaepernick should. So you're telling me that Tim Tebow is not as good as Drew Stanton? No, dude. He's that's not. Absurd. Come, don't. Here's the that's thing. Absurd. How how do we know what the, what's, what what playing time does Stanton get? Not I'm going to trust. He sucks. The, I'm going to trust the NFL executives and the NFL scouts. Oh my gosh! When it when it comes to a guy like Tebow who doesn't carry the baggage that Colin Kaepernick carries. That's crazy. That's crazy. No, it's not. People are so blinded by what Tebow did at Florida that they think he's good and he's not. He's not an NFL quarterback. Look at Colt Brennan. Colt Brennan, when he played at Hawaii, threw, I think, 50 touchdowns twice in his four years at Hawaii. Right. Colt Brennan never made it to the league because Colt Brennan was a hell of a college quarterback because he's playing a bit against a bunch of freaking communication and pottery majors. And you make it to the league where you're playing all professionals, you're not that good. It's that simple. Dude, are you telling me that you think different game. Do you, you think that Ryan Griffin is better suited to be in the NFL than Tim Tebow? Yeah, I'm going to trust the scouts on that. Kellen Clemens. Kellen Clemens is a better quarterback, NFL-ready quarterback, than Tim Tebow. Dude, I would take Nate Peterman over freaking Tim Tebow. Now you're just being you – know, this is, no, this I'm is not. dissolving into madness no. here. No, I'm not. Nate Peterman is better suited for the NFL than Tim Tebow That's crazy. is. That's crazy. Absolute madness. I get it. I get it. Tebow's a nice guy, and he's he's easy to like. I have nothing against the guy. But, dude, he only he's only playing baseball because of his name. Well, was playing baseball because of his name. He wasn't – dude, he struggled like – he struggled so hard in double A. There was no chance he was ever making the majors to be consistent. He batted like 230-something in double A. Because he's Tim taken Tebow. every – okay, we've talked about this before. So I'm going to say one more thing about Tim Tebow's baseball career, and I'm not talking about it anymore, is that if you're Tim Tebow and you're going out there, it doesn't matter what level you're playing at. Everybody and their brother is looking to make a name off you. Tim Tebow's getting everybody's heat every game, every game. Whether those guys in double the, the guys in double A and triple A are bringing their heat every single game, regardless of who they're pitching to, because they're trying to make it to the majors. There's no but you there's know no as well down, as I there's do. No, there's no you know taking as, days off. You know as well there's as no I do. There's no taking days off for the, those guys. You know as well as I do that whenever there is competition, regardless of whether you want to win or put up stats or whatever, there are certain outside motivating factors that make you play at a different level. And one of which these motivating factors would be revenge or wanting to bust somebody's ass. And you know, as well as I do, when there's a mismatch, get out on the court and you see a kid across from you that can't guard you. What do you want to do? You want to absolutely make a name off him, right? You want to embarrass yeah, him. You right. want to, Tim, you want to make Tim it. Tebow Hold can't on. Hit. We can't do it. If we're going to talk on top of each hit. other, we can't do it. If you're gonna, Put him in that situation. He's getting everybody's, I'm going to make a name off you every single night. Double A, triple A, single A, whatever. My point is, is that he's he's getting everybody's best juice every single night. You see what I'm saying? 
you know what's more important than embarrassing Tim Tebow? Becoming a professional baseball pitcher. And that's what those that that drives those guys more than making a name off of a guy that everybody thinks is a joke in the minors anyway. Nobody takes Tim Tebow seriously. So when you bust Tim Tebow's ass, the scouts aren't going to be like, oh, he struck out Tim Tebow. They're going to be like, oh, he struck out a guy that bats, you know, 244 over his three-year career in the minors. They're going to look at nothing, Nothing impressive about that. Nothing at all. They're going to look at his pitch count for the inning. If they're there watching him, they're going to look at any any sort of junk that he's throwing at him, any sort of heat that he's throwing at him. So you may be sitting there and, you know, be average whatever John Doe double-A player, and you got a guy throwing at you low 90s, right? Because he knows that that's what he needs to bring. But all of a sudden, Tim Tebow gets up there. You know what? This dude that doesn't belong here, this guy that shouldn't be here, this guy that's trying to take everything I ever worked for that's here, and I don't think he should be here, all of a sudden, that 93 becomes 95. You're reaching so far okay. to, to make the point that no, that. Okay. There's no, no. <laughs> you know, you, you know, who's a more sought after minor league baseball talent than Tim Tebow, Russell Wilson. I bet you Russell Wilson's got a cannon on him. I bet you Russell Wilson was ranked as the best base runner in minor leagues for the last three years. Russell Wilson is a more sought-after baseball player than Tim Tebow is, and Russell Wilson doesn't play baseball. Well, evidently he could. That shows you how shows you how good Tim Tebow is. It shows you how good Russell Spe- Wilson is. Segway. Speaking of baseball and NFL talents, Kyler Murray going to declare for the draft. Smart, dumb. I don't know. I the money's in baseball. You got drafted eighth overall. You're probably going to play, you know, as long as you can bring decent stuff in the minors for, you know, your first two years, he's going to, he's going to move up to the majors and that's where the money's at. But, uh, the, um, was it Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsburg, the guy that the Cardinals just hired Texas Tech's old head coach in December, he said, uh, before they played Oklahoma, he said, if I had the first overall pick, I would draft Kyler Murray. I followed him since his freshman year in high school, blah, blah, blah basically, you know, blue Kyler Murray on TV. And then he gets hired by the Cardinals as the head coach and now has the first overall pick. And then imagine that Kyler Murray decides that he's probably going to declare for the draft. Yeah, but they're not going to. Arizona just drafted. I, 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 I know. Rosen. I know they have Josh Rosen, but it's, it's, it's just, it's funny how that unfolded. Like it's a, the you know, Cliff Kingsburg, you know, at Texas Tech, I get he was, you know, he was Patrick Mahomes guy and all that stuff. But uh, the fact that he's now a head coach, it's everybody's going after the whole Sean McVay effect, hire, you know, a young offensive minded head coach. But uh, it's just at Kyler Murray, I never thought that he would declare for the draft. I really didn't. I thought that he would just go to baseball, you know, make that one big payday and be a happy man. But apparently he wants to get hit and. Maybe it's, you know, you're a bigger face when you're in the NFL. It's a more, you know, it's a more popular sport than baseball. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. I'm not trying to be that guy, but it's Cliff Kingsbury, I thought. Cliff Kingsbury. Yes. Yes, exactly. Who is he? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Let's talk football. Yeah. 
speaking of which, I'm just going to throw this out here real quick. I'm I'm getting absolutely fleeced tonight. Um, oh gosh, I got to stay away from parlays, man. Such a bad idea. Such a oh yeah, such a bad idea. All right, divisional round Saturday game, one that I think every, if I if I can bet on betting, I would imagine that there is a variable landslide of money coming in on this game. Uh, currently so first game saturday indianapolis colts versus kansas city chiefs you got the colts five point underdogs money line plus 190 over under at 57 how convenient for the catch-up kid yeah that's a good point i didn't think of it that way (laughs) listen that's all i need wow yeah yeah there's like you said there's got to be a there's a lot of money coming in on the Colts and I think it's a lot of public money. I think you're going to see a ton of sharp money coming in on the, uh, in the chiefs uh, in the end here, but to make a pick on this game, I'm most comfortable, which I rarely do this. Um, I think what the, the opening round, the unders were three and one, it would have been four and oh, but Seattle drove down, scored that touchdown, went for the two-point conversion to hit the over in the Dallas game. I rarely take overs in playoff games, but I like the over in this game. Um, The Colts play more zone defense than anybody in the NFL, and Patrick Mahomes salivates at zone defense like a nice filet mignon covered in Hunt's ketchup. Oh, gosh. Um, He's going to – the Chiefs defense sucks. Andrew Luck's playing out of his mind, and Patrick Mahomes gets his own defense. I, I like the over in this. Um, I Personally, I'm hoping that the Colts not only cover but win this game, um, but it's tough for me to go against Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, you know, not having to deal with man-to-man coverage and, you know, Travis Kelsey being able to sit in the middle of the field and Tyreek Hill just running around like a chicken with his head cut off behind him, just full speed ahead. So I'm going to, I'm going to go over 57 in this game. I guess my concern with this game um, would be how healthy is Ty freak right now? Cause his ankle, his ankle, sorry, has been bugging him. Has it not? And they're saying something like he feels like he's only at like 85% or something like that. Yeah, his, his ankle and his heel yeah. have been bugging him. But, but I guess that I mean, would be my concern with whether whether or not, you know, if if for whatever reason, you know, he goes down in the in the second outside of Kelsey, who are they gonna who are they gonna use? Right, right. His ankle and heel might be bothering, but even the last week against the Raiders, he had like five catches for a hundred yards. He ran a touchdown and he caught a touchdown. That's true. Um, you know, with a week off to rest, I, I think he'll be fine. I really do. It's he, he, the guy's amazing. It's, it's disgusting how fast he is. And when you've got, you know, one of probably the biggest cannon in the NFL, um, outside of Nick it's Foles. tough, not, it's tough not to love a guy that can, you know, burn a corner by five steps in the first 30 yards. Oh, you're talking about so, that kind and, of cannon. Got it. All right. Never mind. 
Yeah, I was talking about Patrick Mahomes' arm, got not Nick Foles' dick. Got, got it. I didn't know what kind of cannon we were talking about. All right, good. Right. But yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and like I said, the Andrew Luck's playing, I think, probably the best football of his career. Yeah. And it comes off, you know, it, you know, him missing an entire season. I mean, the guy three like, what, 39 or 40 touchdowns this year. Marlon Mack runs the ball hard. Um, it'll The key to this game is going to be Andrew Luck's ability to get T.Y. involved because he, he's going to need to hit T.Y. for big plays, which shouldn't be hard against the Chiefs defense. It shouldn't. Right. Um, Eric Ebron should open some of that up. But it'll be a good game. I'm looking forward to it. I really hope it doesn't end in a blowout. Um, I'd, I'd like to see a competitive game here. And I personally, like I said, I would like to see the Colts win this game. I like Andrew Luck. Um, Andy Reid's always, you know, he'll mess it up somewhere in the playoffs. Yeah. We'll see if it's this round or not. Speaking of uh, Andrew Luck, well, all-time neckbeard. All-time neckbeard club. I mean, just. Yeah. Wow. That's just. Him and Flacco, man. That That is just a different, different level of, of don't care about the way you look. Um. All right, so switching speeds a little bit. I don't necessarily know that this game is going to be all that high scoring, man. You got the the Cowboys versus the Rams. Cowboys seven point underdogs plus two seventy five on the money line. Over unders at forty nine and a half. I'm struggling with this, man, because I I know how good the Rams can look when they're clicking on all cylinders. I know the talent that they have on the defensive line. I mean, you know, and Dominican Sue and Aaron Donald and Dante Fowler, like the talents there. It's just, can they finally perform in the playoffs? Can Jared Goff not look like dog shit? Like he has the past few weeks. Um, as far as the spread on the year, the Rams, they're seven, eight and one against the spread. So it's not like, you know, they're not, going out and they're not winning people money when they bet the spreads Cowboys on the other hand are nine, seven and one. Um, Dak's playing for a contract. This is tough. I, I, mm, I, for the sake of it being the playoffs and the only, let's We'll go back to last year. I'm pretty sure I, – I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure the only team to cover a spread uh, – I think there were two games, and I know one of them, New England, covered the spread against the Titans, and I think there was one more as far as favorites covering. I think underdogs went something like 8-2 and two last year. Um, so far, dogs are 4-0 and oh against the spread. Um, I'll buy the half point, and I'll say Dallas plus 7.5. I think Dallas might keep it within a touchdown. I think the Rams win the game, but I'm gonna I'm gonna buy the half point and say Dallas plus seven and a half. They're gonna let Zeke eat. I, I think so too. Um so much so just to shadow any sort of doubt I had on it, I actually rolled uh you know, the Colts and the, the Cowboys into a six point teaser because I think that this game is going to be competitive. And uh I like I like the assessment of Dallas keeping it within a touchdown, so I bought myself some insurance on the teaser as well. Um, but anyway, yeah, that, I mean that's I, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a competitive game. I, Goff has not looked the same since Cooper Cup went down. Um, 
that and right around the same time Dak completely changed his season around man did we dog them we dogged them for giving up a first rounder for Amari Cooper but give that man a trophy because he is he's the reason they're in the playoffs he brought Dak a receiver yeah and Amari Cooper's balling out man he really is he was the he was the game changer they needed he was the you know the replacement for Des Bryant yeah this game's tough. It really is. I, I, like I said, I think the Rams win, but I do think the Cowboys will keep it close. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. All right. What else we got? We've got Sunday games. Mm. I know. One o'clock. Mm. Eastern time. <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers, New England Patriots. Currently getting the Chargers at plus four. Plus 170 on the money line and 47 and a half for the over-under. I'm going to go under, buy the half point, make it 48, take the under. Um, this game <clears throat> will be dictated by the Chargers' pass rush. If there's one thing everybody knows, Tom Brady's kryptonite is a pass rush. If they can hurry Brady, I think the Chargers are going to win a low-scoring affair. If New England's offensive line and running backs are able to slow down Joey Bosa in this pass rush – um, I think the Pats are going to control the ball. I think they're going to control the clock. Um, I think I'm, I'm not comfortable with the spread. I, I'm really not. Uh, this, this is the chargers are a better football team. They are the better football team in this game, but it's a playoff game in new England. So it's tough to pick against them. Um, I'm throwing my fandom out the window here. And I'm I'm gonna pick the under by half point under forty eight. I'll say New England wins this game twenty three to twenty. Mm. Yeah, I definitely like I like the under. Um, the weather is not supposed to be great. Um, I think that they're calling for it to be like was like twenty six, twenty eight, something like that. It's gonna be cold. Philip Rivers doesn't like the cold. Right. Right. The f- Cold. So you get a bunch of dudes that are usually in shorts sipping lattes right now, and you bring them over for the second week in a row, fly them across the country, and make them play in just the absolute brutal New England cold. I think that that's going to slow the pace of the game down. I think it's going to really, uh, you know, bring things to a grinding sort of pace and. If I had to lean towards a team, I'd be leaning towards New England. But I think that the – I like the, your idea of buying the half point, go with the 48. Um, I'm showing here that 48 and a half is still available too. So even if you can get that, go for that. Um, and, you know, let's – I've got I've got more than my fingers crossed for a, uh, you know, a, a low-scoring, cold, windy uh, contest in New England. I feel like that's what's in the cards. Another thing is Melvin Gordon got banged up against the Ravens. That's as true. Well. He did. Yeah. So, I mean, he came back and played, but um, nothing hurts a, uh, you know, a hurt hammy or a tender, tender tendon than cold weather and a, uh, a metal helmet on that uh, cold tendon normally doesn't bode well for the running back. Not that I'm wishing injury upon Melvin Gordon by any means. Um, you know, 
have nothing against Melvin Gordon. I think he's a hell of a running back. He's a great player. But that's also something that you have to take into effect when you're betting is the health of guys. Um, Gronk, not 100%. Uh, Josh Gordon, no longer on New England. Uh, there's a lot of guys, you know, a lot of key missing pieces that, you know, eight weeks ago I probably would have taken the over in this game. But New England's defense has once again turned tide in the final, you know, half uh, half of the season and has stepped up. So, and we know the Chargers have a very competent defense. So, yeah, under 48. All right. Last game, man. Last game. <laughs> Division. I can't, dude, football season flew by. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right. So, I think this is, with the exception of New England uh, and probably Dallas, two teams that I would consider to have the most rabid fan bases uh, currently left. I, I can't – living in Yinzer country for so long, I can't call Yinzers like I, – I, I really can't say that Steelers fans aren't like the most diehard of fans. I, I mean – if 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 you don't go Steelers with the most diehard fans, who do you go with? No, I'm I yeah Steelers, and I want to talk about this after we're done about the Steelers. Their fans are they are diehard about the team. They could give a shit less about any player. They they cheer for you know the name on the front, not the name on the back, and that's that's the definition of a diehard fan. I just I've never been. Yeah. I've lived in quite a few cities in my life, and I've never. Um, well, you know what, living in Greenville, South Carolina, which is right near Clemson, uh, they, they have a, uh, a pretty, uh, comparable fan base as to what I'm saying here in that the, the name and the logo is just about on every piece of clothing so much to the point where they like, they have like their regular Clemson shirt or their regular Steelers shirt. And then they got like their church Steelers shirt or their church Clemson yeah. shirt. I mean, they, there's levels of sophistication to the fan shirts. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, and I, college is a different breed um, as far as fans go. They're, college fans are absolutely insane. Like WVU fans, they're savages. They could give you know shit less about your family if you play on the opposing <laughs> team. They're, they're nasty people, man. They are nasty people, but yeah. Like like you like you said, like I, you know, my wife and I go to church every Sunday, and during Steelers season, man, it's black and gold in there. You know, I'm you know I'm in my my khakis and my button up shirt, but during Steelers season, it's black and gold. Yeah, and everybody brings out the you know the throwback you know Jack Lambert jersey. You got to you got to bring out the old jersey, <laughs> the one that you wear. You know, like you said, just on Sundays, and then you go home and you put it back in its plastic bag and hang it back up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Saints Eagles, Saints Eagles. Yeah, Saints Eagles. So Philadelphia is currently an eight point underdog, plus three ten on a money line, and over under is currently at fifty one. This will be the last game Nick Foles plays as a Philadelphia Eagle. Um, the Saints are going to crush them. They're going to mollywop them. Seventeen or more points. They're uh, that dude. The dome is going to be off the charts. There's going to be a lot of hoodats. Uh, <laughs> there, Philadelphia is not going to be able to keep up. 
There's no way. There's no way they can keep up with the Saints. I Saints minus eight all day. The fact that it opened at like minus nine and a half and it's bet down to minus eight. Um, people were, you know, falling in love with the Nick Foles hype train again. Oh, he's going to do it again. He's now nah, it's over. It's done. Enjoy the $25 million contract you get from some shit team like Jacksonville or something. Go back to being the old Nick Foles that sucks as an actual starting quarterback. Drew Brees is going to the NFC championship. He's going then going to the Super Bowl. And more than likely, Drew Brees is going to hoist the Lombardi trophy at the end of the year. Ooh. Oof. Yeah, dude, they're 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 the best team. Top to bottom. The offense, defense. They're they are the best team in the NFL. They're they're a plus there's eight teams remaining, and the Saints are a plus one fifty to win the Super Bowl. Right. And I'm licking my chops when I got them at plus twelve hundred back in week four. Yeah, that's a, I love it. That's a, they're, they're they're so good, man. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I, I think that you know you already know how I feel about Nick Foles. I don't think I've said a nice thing about him all 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 year. Um I expect the dumpster fire to be uh reignited this game. And I think the Saints are gonna smash him. Um I love that I love that minus eight play. So all right, man. So what we're taking just to recap that real quick. Colts Chiefs, we're taking over fifty seven. Cowboys Rams. Cowboys plus seven and a half. You might have to buy the half point for that. All right. Chargers New England. Under 48. You might have to buy the half point for that. And Eagles Saints with the Saints at minus eight. Uh, alternate line Saints minus 23 and a half. <laughs> wow. <laughs> ah, I don't know if you can find that anywhere. Or are you looking at it right now? Uh, I mean, it'll come up. Right before, you know, probably a couple hours before kickoff, it normally, um, you can normally get an alternate line of seven points. So it'll probably, it'll be like Saints minus 15 and it'll be like a plus 285 or something like that. And I will probably play that because I truly do. I truly believe the Saints are going to win this game like 38 to 13 or something like that. I think they're going to, this will be the least competitive game of the weekend, in my opinion. And obviously by the spreads, you know, Vegas thinks so as well. But, um, yeah, I I love the Saints in this matchup. I'm currently looking at Saints to win by 22 or more coming in at plus 350. Yeah, because that covers that. Co- yeah, yeah. I I mean I just don't have alternative lines in front of me, so I'm just giving you right. the next closest thing. Yeah. All right, dude. So margin of victory. Let's uh, we got I, we're we're running long on time. Uh, but what I do want to touch on real quick is there was a couple UFC fight announcements. Uh, and just some moving and shaking, plus the national title game. Uh, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about that. So it's already been analyzed uh, to the nth degree and back. Clemson, Alabama, I'll say this before I let you run, is Alabama looked pedestrian, man. They did not look like something to be feared they did not look like something to be intimidated by. Um, it's weird to say that a, a Nick Saban coach team didn't come ready to play, but they, I think that pick six at the very beginning just killed them, and they just never recovered. I don't know. They may have been prepared to start, but they weren't ready to basically get punched in the mouth. It's like that bully that always talks shit, and then he gets hit for the first time and realizes, oh, he may have bit off more than he could chew. What do you think? 
Yeah, I'm, I've, I've said it all year. I think Alabama was so good because this is the best offensive team they've had, um, the best quarterback play that they've had. And Tua, like you said, that that pick six, um, that completely changed him, man. He, he lost all confidence in himself. Um, I think the turning point of the game actually came later in the game <clears throat> on the touchdown that Trevor Lawrence threw when Bama's defensive back tried to jam the kid at the line and ended up going down and hurting his Achilles. Um, that, that, that play right there, it was a free touchdown. You know, I, I hope the kid's okay, but that, that was a free touchdown for Clemson. And I really think that, you know, that put them over the hump that put them up, I think 15 at the time that put it at a point where, okay, Bama's now got to play catch up. Like now we just got to let our defensive line do what our defensive line's done all year and make the opposing quarterback absolutely miserable. And God, did they do that? Dude, Clemson's defensive line's incredible. I give them – I give Clemson's defense more credit for this this blowout than Trevor Lawrence by any means. Like, don't get me wrong, Trevor Lawrence is good. True freshman to win a national championship. It's amazing. Um, but, you know, his first 60-yard pass was absolutely blown coverage, hit a wide-open guy. Um, he had a 50-yard pass that was actually a 15-yard pass, and the receiver broke free. And then he had that touchdown pass where, you know, the kid went down and there was nobody around. Um, good on him to see the open guys and see the defensive breakdowns. But Clemson's defense won this game. The ability to make Tua uncomfortable, they folded him like a lawn chair a couple times. Um, they shut down the run. Najee Harris played well for Alabama out of the backfield. Damian Harris was – you know, nowhere to be found. Um, Clemson, Clemson made a statement, and I'm I'm glad. You know, I'm happy for him. I know we took Bama minus five, but I'm happy. I like Dabo. Dabo's a good dude. He's genuine. You know, he cares about his players. Everybody knows how I feel about Nick Saban. He can go back under the bridge for another eight months. <laughs> uh, you know, just wait for next season. Bama will be back. There's no doubt about it. Um, it's all in all, it was an eye-opening game. It's amazing what Dabo's done with Clemson. It's truly incredible what he's come in and with the program, the program that he's built. Um, I'm happy for him. I, I really am. It, it was a, it was an ass beating for sure. Yeah, it, it really was. Um, we did make a couple of bits of easy money though. Uh, Jerry Judy having, uh, over under on his total yard, 72 was was the number there. Um, I don't know who put that line out, but they should probably um they imagine I imagine they got a talking to uh on Tuesday. What do you think? Yeah, man, Jerry Judy's unbelievable. He's he's the best wide receiver in college football, but he can't come out. Uh, you know, he's not he's not eligible for the draft yet. But when he is, he's probably you know, more than likely gonna be the first wide receiver taken. That under or that over under was silly to me. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, obviously we can we can claim this stuff now, but because we didn't put it on the podcast. But I, you know, I live betting we killed that. Um, played Clemson minus seven and a half live, minus ten and a half live, minus fourteen and a half live. Played under eighty one live, under seventy nine live, under seventy seven live, under seventy four live. Uh, killed the live betting. Um, but here's the I, thing. You know, Dave, here's here, here's the thing with that though, real quick, is that the play was Alabama because that seemed to be the play to make. Um, 
the live betting is exactly that. It was happening as we were watching the game, realizing the way that things were turning. Um, so, you know, the play was Alabama till proven otherwise, and we were proven otherwise, and that that is what it is. So, right, and you jump on it and take advantage of this of, of this uh, situation. Right. So that yeah. that was the purpose behind that. Um, it wasn't like a, you know, a, a distraction technique or anything like that. No, um, it was just us realizing the t- the 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 tone of the game and the pace of it, and realizing what was to come, and trying to one mitigate loss. Uh, but not only did we stop the bleeding, we really spun things around in the other way. So hopefully those of you that were watching the game and could do that took advantage of that as well. Absolutely. It was just – I'll be amazed if it's not Bama versus Clemson next year. Um, I know that Ohio State's bringing in Justin Fields from Georgia. I know Georgia expects to be back in the SEC championship next year, which I think everybody under the sun expects them to represent the SEC East. Um, Kirby, does he make a dumbass mistake and, you know, go for it on or fake punt it on fourth and seven at his own 50 with the lead? Who knows? You know, that, that, that could have been the difference. Bama wouldn't even have been there if he wouldn't have done that. So Clemson deserved it, man. Undefeated 15 and 0 with a true freshman. Yeah. Good on them. Seriously. It's a hell of a performance by them. I'm with you. Uh, I was, I, w- I was blown away. That's like, so we got about through, halfway through the third and the wife looked at me like, really, we're going to keep watching this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, we, uh, went ahead and called it, called it a night after that. All right, man. Like I said, there was some, uh, there was some new fight announcements. Um, and we had touched on this previously and I just wanted to bring it up again because the man himself brought it up. Kane Velasquez, my man, sea level Kane is saying he wants a shot at John Jones after Cormier retires coming from the man himself. Yeah, I'm just. <laughs> I'm just. Saying, I mean, I think that I think that's the super fight of all super fights, like we talked about. I just think it's funny. Oh yeah, that we yeah. mention it now. All of a sudden, the guy himself is saying it. So I just, I, thought, right. I didn't know if you knew that. I just figured I'd bring it to your attention. No, I, I did. I, I, I didn't know if you were going to continue on it. But yeah, I mean, we we said it's that's the biggest fight the UFC can make right now. It's as simple as that. So if it happens. I'm all about it. I'll be tuned in. That's for sure. Right. But, you know, Bones has to get through Anthony Smith, which I expect him to do so. Um, DC, DC's not going to fight John Jones. He's, I, I almost guarantee that doesn't happen. I don't, I, I don't think it will. I really don't. Okay. Especially with John Jones coming back clean. Right. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing about this weird, stupid pseudoscience that they're using for this. They're saying that he could come clean. He could test clean for the next year and then pop positive mm-hmm. again. So that was that was DC's whole point is this. It, now, every time John Jones tests positive for steroids, we're supposed to just look the other way. Yeah, but he, he mauled the mauler and he was clean. So like, don't get, like, I know I know your stance on John Jones and I obviously have, you know, I, I like John Jones. Um, 
it was a hell it did have it was an impressive performance by him he took it to him yeah absolutely but yeah i mean we've got tons of huge ufc cards coming back our boy is finally fighting again gregor let's go yeah. i can't wait yeah he's a minus he's a minus 600 and i might play that money line yeah i don't i don't play minus 600s but i'll play a minus 600 gregor money line yeah that's for yeah, sure. gregor gillespie is the truth and the future world world champion for sure absolutely world championship material i don't know if he's gonna uh, dude let's say I'm going to say by this time, no, I'll say by February next year, he's fighting for a belt. I hope so. I mean, the guy's done nothing but put on absolute shows and dominate, man. And he's still slept on. Yeah. Like, how? Well, he's fighting Yancey Medeiros, and he's fighting him yeah. on, uh, you know, this this card coming up next weekend. And it's a great opportunity to absolutely uh wait is it next weekend no he's not fighting him next weekend when is that no it is this 19th he's on the brooklyn card is he okay all right i didn't i couldn't remember um you know i can't i can't wait man i just can't wait gosh i can't wait uh he's so good all right another dude that you and i tend to uh agree on nine times out of ten They've announced the, the the upcoming welterweight title defense. Tyron Woodley is not taking on Colby Covington. He's fighting. No. He's fighting Kamara Usman. And I, dude, I that's oof, that's going to be good. I'm excited for that. Um, I, Usman's not going to be able to finish Woodley. Um, it's just whether or not Usman can withstand Woodley. It'll. It's. I'll probably side with Woodley in this for the sole fact that he's done nothing but prove me wrong when I've gone against him before. Yeah. And he's, I mean, it's, it's not as big as the cyborg case, but it's the, you go with Woodley until proven otherwise. Yeah. I, he wins, he wins boring, ugly fights. He wins super exciting early knockouts. He wins competitive, long drawn out five round fight. He, he wins in all sorts of ways. Yeah, I'll be anxious to see what the over-under on rounds is because I'm taking the over. Um, I really see this being a dreadfully boring five-round fight. Um, I think Woodley comes out on top. They give the champ benefit of the doubt uh, in a otherwise lackluster sort of fight. I really don't... The way the UFC dogs Tyron Woodley um, and the way he seems to always be at odds with everybody... I just, I, I see him. Not to say that he won't get Usman out of there if he sees the chance to, but I don't necessarily know that he's going into this fight like he would Colby Covington. Like I'm going to smash this dude. I want to rearrange his face. Um, I think with Usman, it's just going to be like a, I just need to go in there and put in work. He's a wrestler, so I took a wrestle heavy approach, or I was just, you know being cautious, waiting for his counters or whatever, whatever it may be. Uh, I just don't see him attacking Usman with the aggression that he would somebody like Colby Covington. I think this, I think this fight goes to Woodley in a very boring decision, but maybe I'll be wrong. I don't know. We'll see it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's anybody in the UFC that Woodley could fight that he would attack with the hatred that he would attack Colby Covington. I mean, the, 
that that's genuine that's not you know trying to sell a fight because they haven't you know they're not fighting each other that's genuine hatred for each other and i don't don't even know if covington hates woodley i did that's him just being him just being a scumbag well here's the thing though is i i I don't i mean look usman looked great in his last fight but to um to the effect of like what Dana White was saying is like that Usman is the fight to make after his prior performance. I don't necessarily that agree that Covington Covington should have got the interim title shot he had versus RDA and then, you know, whatever he should. I mean, he won that fight against RDA. There's no doubt about it, but to get there, I don't know if his resume is as strong, but the guy is what you're calling the interim champion. It's the same thing with the, uh, Khabib, Tony Ferguson dilemma. You have, Ferguson is an interim champ. You let Khabib fight for the undisputed belt, and then you we were left with two lightweight champions because you have Khabib fight Connor. So now we're still going to have an interim champ at the end of this. So why not unify those two separate belts? I guess, but it's also the fight that makes more sense from a selling standpoint. I don't know why you wouldn't let two guys that hate each other fight. Like that's the whole premise of Khabib Connor. Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, John Jones, Daniel Cormier. I don't. Cormier, I don't understand yeah. the Usman play. That didn't, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. But no, uh, something that doesn't make sense to me when this with this Brooklyn card coming up. Cowboy on the prelims. Because bro, what? No, here's the thing though. Here's the thing with that because I looked at that and thought the same thing too. It's it's their first ESPN card, but it's the main card will be shown on ESPN Plus. So, okay. so Cowboy will be the featured prelim on the last on the, on the free card. Exactly. Gotcha. I get that, but there's no way you can convince me that Alan Crowder versus Greg Hardy deserves to be on the main card over Cowboy. Like I get Greg Hardy, you know, NFL player, yeah, ma- making it making a name for himself in mixed martial arts. But how is that? Is that it's the co-main, right? No. Um... I think it is. I'm pretty yeah, sure it's the co-main behind Cejudo and, yeah. and Killershaw. Yeah, like, like I'm cool. I'm I'm glad Gregor made the main, and you got the Benavidez Dustin Ortiz fight. Obviously, obviously, the Paige Van Zant fight is going to be on the main card. Of course, it's like two barstool smoke shows fighting each other. Um, but yeah, I just I I don't understand how you do Cowboy like that, especially after his last fight. Well, here's here's the thing though, right? Think about it from their standpoint. One, Cowboy's the na- he's a name everybody knows. Yeah. You put him in the prelim spot. Hernandez is a kid that you're trying to push. So if Hernandez mm-hmm. comes in and he murks, like he said he's going to, he's and he murks Cerrone, and all the people using the free service, see, or not the free service, but just watching ESPN see that, you just catapult that kid into the stratosphere come pay per view time. So. Hernandez goes in there. He beats Cerrone. His next fight is a main event. It's a main yeah. event. You're going to put him at 155 against, uh, I don't know, man. Um, Poirier or Gaethje. No, Hernandez. Okay, Hernandez beats Cerrone. Hernandez Gaethje. And you give Hernandez Gaethje. There you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm pounding. I'm, I'm taking Gaethje all day. That's <laughs> my dude. Yeah. No, it's, you have to. I mean, oh, you got shared dude. DNA. Um, <laughs> that, uh, I mean, technically, you guys would then share DNA, right? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. 
I got I have the lazy eye like he does, so that's that's where that comes from. You got that that touch of downs look. He, I got the lazy yeah. eye. Right. So- <laughs> anyway, a lot of big UFC fights coming up. Yeah. I mean, you got the Anderson Silva versus um, what's his Israel Adesanya man. Yeah, Israel Adesanya. Yeah, we'll get to those. Killish. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we have, you still have a week till Brooklyn, yeah. so yeah, no sleep till Brooklyn. That's right. It's going to be a crazy night. You got an Olympic <laughs> dude. I, I, I freaking love Henry Cejudo in that fight, man. All right. Mm. Anyway, Mm-mm. not against Killish. Right, we'll talk about it on Tuesday. All right, guys, that's it for okay. me. Unless I don't talk to you on social media between now and Tuesday, have a good one, and uh, I will see everybody on Tuesday. Be well, take care, and be good to each other. See you. Yeah, guys, enjoy the divisional round. Um, hit us up with those topics, for real. We're, we're interested in what you guys want to hear us talk about. It doesn't matter the sport, pop culture, whatever. Did I, you know, Stay away from religion and politics, please. Hey, can I say one thing I'm about the politics get... thing real quick? Yeah, you know, okay. you know, it just dawned on me. Trump. Don? Trump? Donnie? No, Trump doesn't have a dog. <laughs> mm. I have a hard time with dudes that don't that, that don't have that that don't have a dog. I just I does he have a does he have a cat? That's that'd be even worse. That'd be even worse. Mm. I mean you had two cats. You still have a cat. That's true. So. That's true, but I'm not a cat guy. You know what I'm saying? I've got a dog in there to balance it out. Right. Okay. Yeah, I mean Yeah. Because people that don't like animals there's something off about that. People that own reptiles and people that don't like animals, I sort of like regard them at arm's length. I had a snake. Right. It's like I said, I keep people like that at arm's length. (laughs) See what I'm saying? Right. I just, but it struck me weird the other day. Cause like, you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle. I don't like or dislike. I don't really have much of an opinion about him or that. However, I'm sitting there and I'm like, why do I feel so indifferent about this dude? And I was like, you know what? He doesn't own a dog. I think that's why him and I, I don't, you know, I don't, I just regard him at arm's length. My man doesn't have a dog. That's weird. That's weird. As always, guys, <laughs> clear eyes, full fist.
as a shorty shouldn't be so rough. But as the world turned, I learned life was hell. Living in the world no different from a cell. Every day I skate from takes, giving chase, selling bass, smoking bones in the staircase. Though I don't know why I chose to smoke cess. I guess that's the time when I'm not depressed. But I'm still depressed. And I ask, what should work? Ready to give up, so I seek the old earth. Who explain working hard may help you maintain. To learn to overcome the heartaches and pain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 